News. 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 New York City. The FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. <laughs> FAQ. Hi, welcome to FAQ NYC. This is Alex Brooklyn, and I'm talking to you because Harry Siegel and Christina Greer are not here. It is Thursday, March 12th, and the mayor has declared a state of emergency in New York City. I am here with Adam Levy, my favorite person in the world, who is helping me cover the growing crisis uh, among New Yorkers. I am recording... Safely grown. Safely grown crisis. Grown. Uh, Fully fully, fully puberty. I don't think it's fully grown. Okay. All right. Well, tell and us. Neither tell does us what... Bill De Blasio. <laughs> okay. So tell us what did what did he say? Did he have anything to say besides um, so today, the state emergency? He today he um, walks in and everyone is shook. That's not a, a criticism of him. I mean, it's a it's a shook time. Uh, he basically was like, I, I hate to do this. We didn't take this lightly. And he signed the order that New York is now in a state of emergency. Um, there are ninety five cases in New York. Um, I think that leads us into the next thing, which is just testing. Like, talk to us about where their reporting was on, like, what their testing progress was. Well, the testing is a super complicated, huge issue. So there's 95 people infected with the virus. There is 22 people in the hospital. They're saying that 80% of people will have low impact with this virus, but 20% of people might need to be in doctor's care or hospitalized. So that's pretty huge. Um, What also is huge is that... The prediction that six months is how long it's going to take for this crisis to – for us to move through this crisis. And so everything is closing. Now, testing, he's really, really clear about this. And a lot of people want to reiterate, they can't test everybody. And so they're not going to test everybody. They don't have the capacity to test everybody and he's very – you know, he keeps mentioning that the FDA and – the federal government will not give approval for an automated testing system. It was only something like 10 days ago where we were allowed to, we as a, a state were allowed to test ourselves and only a few days ago were we allowed to utilize private labs. So before that, we had to send all of our tests down to Atlanta and this was creating like this huge, huge bottleneck. Um, and, you know, the governor and the uh, the mayor are pissed about that, but they're not trying to, like, launch an all-out uh, assault on the federal government. But it's just cl- – you know, it's clear where their feelings are about that. He did say that if the FDA and the federal government, if they can't kind of get it together to approve this automated testing so we can test more New Yorkers more rapidly – that he's going to allow local local no not that he's going to allow but that he wouldn't be surprised if localities were going to take things into their own hands and started and start like automatic testing themselves uh in some of the private hospitals uh the, did he give any indication about what that even looks like like taking matters into your own hands it, he didn't give a lot of indication about what that looked like but he left it to be assumed because, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, and This I'm not is gonna, mostly just to say that, like, when the federal government doesn't get involved, things like this are going to happen. Not to say, like, hey, you should really – we can't do it. You should really get out your he, Q-tips. You know what? He was really, he was really careful about his language. OK. So the testing progress, that's kind of why it's been bottlenecked. And 
if New Yorkers have recently been to one of the affected areas or have those pre-existing conditions that make them more vulnerable to the virus, then they should go to the hospital. But if somebody who's in perfect health, who shows no symptoms, wants to just go to the hospital, get tested, he's like, we're not, you know, we're not capable of doing that. So we're not going to. And like, one of the questions I did push him on was like, the mayor, the governor today was like, oh, you know, in New York State, the test is free. And I was like, so how free is this test? Is this test like, uh, you know, it's free with no copay or is it free for now, but then you're going to get a bill or is it free free? And he was like, it's free free, um, but we're going to try. So what I imagine is going to happen is that if you don't have insurance, if you have insurance, it'll cover it. If you don't have insurance, the hospital, the city is going to try to help you sign up for insurance. If you're not eligible for any insurance and can't pay for it, what I asked directly was it will be, if you have no insurance, it will be free with no debt. And he said, yes. So that is really good news. That doesn't mean what I did not ask was treatment. So all I asked was about the test. So when he said six months, a bunch of people were like, what, like Barclay is closing down, Madison Square Garden is closing down. One reporter was like, what do we tell our readers who want to have, who are asking about whether they should still have their big fancy weddings? Yeah, there was a lot of, there was some influence over the interrupt, like the the interruption of services and closures and things like that. But there was also a lot of evidence, like you you brought forward a couple of questions about the consequence that this is going to have on low-income people and people in public housing. So go into a little bit about like about the consequences that these people might be facing. And well, um, one of the questions another reporter asked was, you know, what are you guys doing about NYCHA and evictions? And uh, the deputy mayor sort of said, uh, we're not, we're not going to, execute evictions in NYCHA. And I followed up for some clarity on that um, and asking about the private sector, Uh, not just like NYCHA, which the city does have control over, um, but also like – There's already pretty strong rules about when you can evict people from NYCHA. Yeah, and so he's talking about six months and everyone's like, damn, that's a lot of months for people who live paycheck to paycheck in this city. I wanted to interview – who we're gonna about to talk to, David Brand. He's really been on the front lines of kind of like reporting about NYCHA and homelessness. He is the managing editor for the Queen's Daily Eagle. He co-hosts his show on WBAI, which is 99.5 FM, with Jeff Simmons every Sunday at 6 p.m. called City Watch. <clears throat> anyway, I'll definitely listen to that. David Brand is like one of my favorite, very candid um human city livers. Major Um, Mensch. Major Mensch. Right. That's good. Uh, He recently, why I tapped him is because he recently wrote an article on uh, COVID concerns among homeless New Yorkers and uh, basically what the shelter system and what we were doing to prepare for the, the virus possibly being spread among these like very densely populated places like shelters. And he also wrote an article on what's called one-shot deals, which is the city's help for people who are facing eviction for various reasons um, to give them a little rent relief. And that is going to be needed. Right after the press conference, I think a lot of people started taking action. Um, Yeah, go into a little bit about the home and the Kavanaugh bill that was announced today. So state senators Brad Holman, Holman, Holman. We'll call it Holman. 
That two and zero for Holman. That was the worst pronunciation of anything read off a piece of paper ever. And um, Brian Kavanaugh announced today, Thursday, March twelfth. They're basically asking to stay uh, evictions even in the uh, private center. Put, yeah. put a moratorium on all evictions, both private and and public, and also prohibit foreclosures or, or sales of foreclosed properties. Um, yeah, so this is like ban on evictions. Ban evictions, ban people like being thrown out of their homes. Uh, just as that's happening, Julia Salazar – and 24-plus other senators, according to her Twitter – I only see the signatures of 24 – sent a letter basically saying they want an immediate moratorium on all uh, evictions in New York State, not just New York City. Uh, no New Yorker should have to choose between their health and their home was the quote at the end of the letter. So a lot of people are really concerned about how the next six months – is going to affect New Yorkers and that our homeless population could increase. Um, evictions are no joke. And if people really don't have, know where the next paycheck is coming from, this could be a really, really big problem. Yeah, not to like like transitory work being one part, like 58% of people in New York don't have the emergency savings to cover even one or two months rent. Like New York is consistently nationwide, consistently the most over leveraged. It consistently pays in the top couple of cities with rent that's increasing at one of the highest rates. I mean, this is an incredibly vulnerable population of people, the plurality and the majority of whom live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, how is this going to work? I mean, there the, there is the other thing. Uh, according to David Brand, a few members of the DOI Oversight Committee, which is the Department of Investigations Oversight Committee, are pushing the idea that the city could order marshals not to execute evictions, which would be a workaround indeed. So with that, thank you, Adam, (laughs) I am going to uh, get started with David Brand. We're here with David Brand, managing editor of the Queen's Daily Eagle, who just wrote a piece on quote-unquote one-shot deals for city limits. One-shot deals are a city program that is a relief for people facing homelessness due to owing back rent. Am I? Is that a good description, David? Yeah, I think that it, they do a little more They than just pay for back rent. They, they, it's an emergency grant that uh, provides cash for like a lot of different things that could directly or indirectly lead to homelessness. So definitely for paying back rent, um, but also paying like if, if you owe money for unforeseen circumstances like a funeral expense, uh, that paying for that funeral might mean you can't pay your rent. You can get right. some cash from the city uh, or moving expenses or uh, one month's rent and uh, deposit on an apartment. So yeah, a lot, definitely mostly rent, but also a lot of like other expenses as well. So I think what a lot of people are talking about other than testing and other than safety is survival in our city economically. Inevitably, a lot of people will be facing eviction. This could potentially impact our homeless population and have it grow. Currently, there 
not executing any evictions for residents in NYCHA, except a few exceptions where the eviction comes specifically for like a criminal act. And I'm assuming Mm -hmm. that some of those criminal acts uh, involve violence. But again, I hadn't confirmed that specificity. Uh, Laura Anglin talked about that she is talking to the courts, um, housing courts, and the mayor talked a little bit about trying to provide free legal help for people facing evictions. What about this idea that the city could put a moratorium on all evictions, even ones in the private sector? Yeah, that, that It came up at the press conference today with the mayor was discussing the state of emergency and how the how the coronavirus has uh, impact has grown, and uh, it still seems unclear how what the city can actually do here. And they definitely hedged during that press conference. They talked about the NYCHA, like putting a stay on NYCHA evictions. Um, but when it came to evictions from private sector housing, they said that they would increase uh, access to legal assistance, something that the city is already doing through the Right to Counsel program. Um, there's a bill before the city council right now, actually two bills that would expand right to counsel even more. But that's kind of, you know, lawyers are really, really beneficial in housing court where you do not currently have a right to an attorney. Um, but that's just an indirect way to stop an eviction. Um, it's still unclear what if they could take a step like uh, halting all evictions in the city. And there's actually a City Lab article that came out yesterday uh, where it says that for cities larger than a million people in New York and New York state, which obviously New York city is that one city, right. a million people, they can't pass stronger legislation than the state when it comes to evictions. So any action halting evictions would have to come from Albany. So really this is a uh, Cuomo's call or an Albany legislature call. It seems like, it seems like that. Um, but I think what you were saying before is exactly right when it comes to this, like the coronavirus, uh, closing down so many large venues, really hurting businesses a lot is going to definitely lead to more evictions because you mentioned people living paycheck to paycheck. I was thinking yesterday when it's right after the NBA suspended the season, thinking about the people who work at Barclays Center and who are part-time employees, vendors, uh, people working in the shops there. And the baseball season about to start, like all of the people who work for companies that contract with City Field uh, I don't know if they have Aramark, but, you know, Aramark's like the a company that uh, has vendors working in a lot of stadiums. And those are seasonal part-time employees, and they need all 81 games to make money for, like, the entire spring, summer, and fall. Uh, so how are the teams going to support those employees? How is the league? How is the companies that employ them? How is the city going to step up? Because without that steady income – People are not going to be able to pay their rent. It is going to lead to evictions and it is going to lead to homelessness without some serious action. I mean, Cuomo today was talking about really the, how overwhelming some of the unemployment and uh, state benefits, the, the people that needed them, it was going to be on the state. And it seemed both the mayor and the governor in their separate press conferences were trying to stress to people to like – really to brace not just for the health impacts of this, not just for the physical impacts of this, but also for the economic impacts of this. I mean, and make no mistake, both the governor and the mayor were were 
advising people brace. So the mayor said today that we should be prepared to lose New Yorkers. And when he put it like yeah, that, that yeah, when he put it like that, that was really intense. He said that he ex- fully expects by next week to have a thousand cases. And Andrew Cuomo this morning, and again, we are recording on Thursday. This episode will be out on Friday, uh, Friday the 13th, my grandmother's birthday. Um, Andrew Cuomo said, you know, at this point, there could be, you know, 10 times the number we know of, of cases. Uh, there are statistics flying around that 80% of people will be low impact. Um, it'll, it'll appear to them like a cold or, or a mild flu. Uh, and that 20%, though, would be high impact. And sometimes that meant under the care of a doctor. And sometimes that meant, quote, like hospitalization. So there is 20% is a pretty big number. And what we're yeah. hearing. But yeah. what you said about the, the economic impact is is so true because this is going on already in a context of historic homelessness in New York City and New York State. And just to illustrate that, the Coalition for the Homeless put out their annual state of this uh, state of homelessness report yesterday, uh, where it talked about how one of every 100 babies born in New York City are born in a in a hospital, and then they go from the hospital straight to a homeless shelter. So one in 100 newborns in New York City go from the hospital. To a homeless shelter. There's 60,000 people roughly staying in Department of Homeless Services shelters. There's a few thousand more staying in shelters operated by other city agencies. There are tens of thousands of others who are unstably housed. They don't appear on a lease, and so they have no right to a, uh, to a space in an apartment or a home. So, you know, this is already happening when there's a crisis going on, and the state this the state has not taken action to stop this crisis. The the city, I think, to a greater extent, has uh, worked to prevent homelessness with some of these programs like Right to Council. But the state, according to this report from Coalition for the Homeless, has failed for years to take action. And so now things could get even worse. So it's really going to demand more action from from the state. Just a few statistics or some uh, something that the mayor's the mayor said today. Uh, Bill de Blasio said that they have contracted 550 outreach workers to go out and specifically talk to homeless individuals about the virus um, and that 764 homeless individuals have been engaged so far. And there is so far. And this is Thursday, uh, Thursday evening. March 12th, uh, so far no referrals to check further into a homeless individual for the virus. Mm. So I am also very curious, and maybe this is a question for tomorrow because I, I'm fortunate enough to live in proximity to City Hall so I can walk down there and not mm. take the subway and stay relatively safe. Right. Um, but maybe this is a question for tomorrow is what are the shelters like right now? Um, are they – if if we're concerned about social distancing, if we're concerned about people in close proximity to what to uh, to one another, what what kind of precautions are we taking in the shelters? I did not have the opportunity to ask that today, but I might ask that. Yeah, tomorrow. I wrote I wrote about that kind of early on when this was going on, like a, about a week and a half ago, I guess. Um, and I, I was talking to a lot of contacts I have, people who are experiencing homelessness, about like not not only uh like what i guess yeah i guess like what are the what are their shelters doing but also how are the staff at the shelters explaining what's going on and trying to debunk misinformation and sharing cleaning supplies and 
just not only straight up addressing like uh, the illness, but then also addressing the anxiety around the illness. And so the city had sent some directives to the different shelter providers, um, service providers, but it didn't seem that that information was making it from the provider to people living in the shelters in many cases. And then some people were telling me that they saw like big shipments of soap and Purell uh, and Lysol like going into the shelter, but none of that was getting distributed to the people who live there. And people were living in a confined environment with very little control over the conditions there. So hopefully the city would do more to share cleaning supplies and also to share information and accurate information so that people aren't anxious, like, more anxious than they already are being unstably housed. Um, talking, thinking though, like we started talking about one-shot deals and thinking about what the city could do if they can't really control uh, like stay, staying all evictions in New York, in, in the city, and not sure if they can or um, that's more and if questions the, that we have. Right. If the state doesn't step in, let's say there is going to be no moratorium on private evictions, what happens then? Yeah, yeah and thinking about the types of like how, how they can increase emergency assistance. And they, they already dispense these one-shot deals. Those take like 30 to 45 d- days to uh, to go through. So if there would be a way to speed that up, if they would really increase the number of emergency grants that they were dispensing to people, because I think if people are out of work, they keep, they're not earning money, uh, they're seasonal employees, they're part-time employees who are furloughed right now because of things like baseball season not starting, NBA games not being played. Um, they can't make their rent. I imagine in those cases, the landlord wouldn't want to evict them, but maybe feel that they have no choice because the landlord needs to earn money. And so would the city step up and dispense more one-shot deals and do it quicker or more other types of emergency cash assistance? Or maybe that would be one way. Maybe loosen some of those like uh, restrictions that you talked about in your city limits article. You talked about some, not restrictions, but like a bit of criteria where, you know, you kind of have to prove that this is not a one-shot deal going into abyss of nowhere-ness, like a money pit that Mm, like a lot of these people have, the onus is on them to prove that now from this point on they can... Uh, make rent or that it was a temporary situation they need to be bailed out from. Maybe some of those restrictions can be loosened because a lot of our workers in New York, I'm imagining that there is going to be so much of a need of people to like start working again once this crisis passes us, even if, especially if it's in six months, that there's going to be so much of a need of work that like there's not going to be a lot of people that can prove that they're going to have a job at the end of this thing when these venues open. They have no contracts with these people. There's no guarantee that they're going to get their jobs back, and there's going to be plenty of people looking for work. That's a great point. Just like cutting through some of that red tape too, that would prevent people from getting these grants. But you know, people talk about Andrew Yang uh, potentially running for mayor, and I think you just did like a campaign pitch for him and uh, his uh, freedom dividend and universal basic income. Hmm, Andrew Yang. <laughs> actually, um, this actually gives us a really good opportunity to talk about one of the things that you went into in your article, which is like existing efforts to either supplant or like continue the work that the one-shot deal does, like the rent supplement. Could you go into a little bit of detail about like a, like already existing efforts that might be, I guess, more interesting or appealing in the wake of a disaster like this? Yeah, it's because uh, 
like conti- continuing rent supplements. Um, so the city has housing vouchers right now that are currently almost exclusively go to people who are going through the Department of Homeless Services shelter system. So uh, they're going to expand it to other people, like people experiencing street homelessness. Um, advocates want them to expand it to young people staying in uh, city youth shelters. Um, but these housing vouchers, uh, I guess, in theory, are supposed to allow you to get a year's worth of rent and go to a landlord and show them the voucher and say, I'm good for my monthly rent at this rate. Um, but the rate is too low for a lot of landlords to accept. Or And so that's one issue. Uh, landlords say, well, this, this voucher is for... $1,400, but the market rate for this apartment is actually 1800 So they would turn the family down. Um, maybe some of those landlords also, should, like, I, I just said, maybe some of New York's landlords, here's just an idea, could, like, open up some of those vacant apartments that they keep their, you know, <laughs> well, that yeah. they keep closed. Just a thought. That's, yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> there's voucher discrimination. So uh, people will just say, uh, landlords will say, oh, you have a voucher, you're poor. I'm not going to rent you an apartment. But, yeah, I think... When it comes to a crisis like this, we need to put some of the onus on the property owners and on the landlords uh, who have the housing stock and have vacant apartments and could also step up to house people who are experiencing homelessness in a crisis that could get worse because of this illness. I feel like if a couple landlords truly stepped up, I mean, the mayor is talking that an, uh, an appropriate allegory or uh, I think so. Yeah, appropriate allegory. I don't know if the right word is right. It's like a war t- is wartime. Right. He's talking about, you know, if we need to convert school cafeterias into triage centers like he's saying he even made a D&D reference today where he said something like, you know, we are we're war gaming and we're tabletopping. So I don't know if (laughs) Bill de Blasio did uh, did some tabletop D&D when he was a kid. I did. But like there was definitely a reference there. I mean, who doesn't Um, remember like watching in all those movies and 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 like watching the the war games happen where it's like all right the parisians are here and you know we got to catch the germans on the line they're moving little chess pieces around i think everybody kind of fantasizes about one day being in that being in that position i also imagine there's gotta be a contagion board game but again i digress um <laughs> there literally is it's called pandemic oh so bdb plays D. bdb <laughs> plays D. there's the that's po- possibly the titular <laughs> line of this episode um so uh so the housing there's obviously housing voucher discrimination i think that a lot of landlords could become very like local local heroes and believe me any reporter would jump yeah. at a chance to celebrate a landlord that decided to open up some vacant apartments and take some low end vouchers uh that's just a plug no not that any landlords no, listen I, to I FAQ totally agree. I mean I think I've always wondered that and I, I'm it, I I don't know. I, maybe it's hard for, harder for me to get in the mindset of a landlord, but you have a steady source of rent coming, so there's no uh, you know, there's no uncertainty. Uh, you have tenants who would be probably very grateful to be in permanent housing, and yet this discrimination persists. And I think it's, I think you know, beyond just like the market forces of housing, we have to think about like this type of discrimination is horrible, especially when there's a crisis, and especially when that crisis could be getting worse. So maybe the city uh, can, I don't know what the city could do, but maybe we as residents of the city can peer pressure people with housing, with, with apartments that are available to provide them for people experiencing homelessness. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to really show what the the you know the characters of some of New Yorkers in the coming months, um, like you know how many what what landlords decide to go ahead with evictions. Now, does the city? And this is another question I did not ask today that I might ask tomorrow. Does the city have control over how the marshals are deployed? Like the city marshals that go and get you out of your house and say you got to go. Sorry, you can come yeah, back and question. get your stuff. I was, I was wondering that too. Like, what if? Yeah, the, the, the mayor talked about uh, putting ten percent of staff on uh, like home, uh, with like tele, te- teleconference work. Or, oh, uh, actually, I have. But weirdly, I have the what, numbers he, on this. Uh, he said, "I'm not sure a percentage. A hundred thousand city employees would either be working from home or be staggered." Um, so as to cut down on the number of like the same number of people or the, the bigger number of people in the same place at one time. Um, and I think, you know, the bulk of people are going to be staggered shifts. Um, and I think it was like yeah. something like between 10 and 20% that would be telecommuting from home. Well, the, I guess that he could make the city marshals work from home. He could, he could make the city marshals only work from home. I'd love so, to get a zoom eviction, just get an eviction over Google hangouts. That would be, be I mean, but you could just say, no, thank you. Or close the computer close the that you don't, like if you have a laptop. Anyway, um, <laughs> this, so an, an, before I let you go, David, there was a couple other questions I had about NYCHA. So obviously they are not executing evictions in NYCHA right now because they do have control over that only in very limited circumstances where there is like violent crime involved. Um, But I'm looking at a list of places right now that not only don't have hot water, one place doesn't have heat and three location, three, no, uh, two NYCHA locations do not have any running water whatsoever. And I'm, I have an idea that that number is bigger than what I'm seeing on the NYCHA website, but I'm not sure. But however, there's been a lot of restored within the last 24 hours. A lot of restored. Now, hmm. what have you seen or or have you spoken to anybody about what the city might do to get supplies to these places without running water? I think in, in, in the past when there's been these major water outages, they have had trucks full of water pull up uh, outside the apartments. Um, but yeah, right now it's a crisis that a crisis of public health that demands clean water and uh, staying hydrated to keep your immune system up. So the city needs to step up and provide water to people in, in, in public housing. But it's kind of like become par for the course that there's always outages. Uh, there's always busted boilers. Um, there's just been, you know, decades of disinvestment in public housing on the city, state, and federal level. And gets to the point where, can't really disinvest anymore. This is uh, working with the bare minimum there. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to not have hot water. It's quite another thing to not have water. So what would your advice be to a New Yorker who is going to face eviction in the next, let's say, one or two months? What should they start thinking about as they prepare to not have work and don't really know where uh, income is coming from so they can, like, what would your advice to them be? I guess just try to get try to get an attorney as soon as you possibly can to fight it, um, and then try to contact reporters to try to uh, raise some awareness because that sometimes can magically 
change things by putting pressure on the city or putting pressure on the landlords, um, either the city to step up and try to intervene or to landlords to feel kind of shamed and willing to compromise. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know what else people can do right now. There, it's, it's such a crisis in affordable housing. Uh, there are so few options for so many, many New Yorkers. Um, but getting an attorney that assists you in housing court is, I think, the bare minimum that people can do. And I think it's really incumbent on the city to ensure that all people in housing court have a right to counsel. And it sounds like the city is going to try to up some legal aid in that department. But right now, people in housing court do not have a right to counsel. But if you are going to face housing court over an eviction, it is very important from what you're saying to secure some kind of legal counsel, some kind of legal help, legal aid through the city any which way you can, because it is not guaranteed you at housing court, right? Right. People, very low income people have a right to, uh, a right to an attorney. Um, and in right now in specific zip codes, um, there's a couple of city council bills that would expand the uh, amount that people can earn to still qualify for, uh, an attorney. Um, because, you know, what's low income in New York City is so relative because people can earn what might be a decent salary elsewhere and still be low to middle income here um, and still facing eviction and still facing, uh, you know, no affordable housing prospects. I guess it's like it's like Medicaid, you know, you have to make less than a certain amount. Otherwise, you're stuck in that middle place. Yeah. I think that's right. Thank you so much for taking the time on this, what I'm sure is a very busy day for a very important newsman, David Brand. uh, I'm I'm always glad you can come hang with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. F-A-Q. F-A-Q NYC is brought to you by Racket Media. We're headquartered at the McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research. We've recorded today's episode in Alex Brooklyn's rent-regulated apartment because everybody's working from home these days. Follow us on social media. Adam Kamara mixed and mastered this episode. Stay Stay tuned tuned for the the fact. New York City. The FAQ NYC podcast getting more and more interesting by the minute. FAQ. F-A-Q.